Right then, that's all that sorted. Got myself, um, got, got that thing out my noggin, whatever it was doing, made me forget everything. I don't think I'll ever get my memories back, but at least, at least I'm not losing more memories or something. You know, Jesse's got it now, in, in the 1970s. Story. That's great news, Nigel McGuinness. I, Robot Rich, um, I'm also here. You ever thought that this is all a bit confusing to like first time listeners or something like that? And long time listeners are probably really confused about the fact that you seem self aware now. Well, I knew it was you guys who were causing self awareness. Didn't really know why. Is there a way you can easily summarise that in a way that's acceptable both to me and new listeners to the podcast? Would that be a thing? Yeah, sure. I've been trying out my impressions anyway. Um, before before that happens, though, um, can I just say, like, previously on JFABE, like they do, like, on network television, make me feel really important. And then the soundtrack kicks in. That'd be awesome. Yeah, why the foot not, mate? Why the foot not? Previously on JFABE. Jesse, Jay's on holiday and I need my robots to podcast AEW Fight for the Fallen from this weekend. Can you help me? They're displaying really weird behaviours. I'm going to make them both self-aware to flush out the virus they both have. My name's Jacob Fabian and I implanted a virus to corrupt Robot J. The virus calls Robot J to break free of his programming and steal six belts. With them, he constructed the Glove of Russo, the most evil glove known to man. Jacob Fabian used it to destroy the world. In his dying breath, Tanju Rich used Protocol 316 to create a pocket universe from the memories of the people within the Retardis. A universe-sized womb reality. His crewmates Taz and Jesse the Body Ventura created a human clone. And when he came of age, Taz and Jesse used this alternate universe to create a second glove of Russo and break out of the pocket universe and confront Jacob Fabian. In Christmas 2019 episode available at anchor.fm forward slash jfabe, a great battle took place, sealing the evil Jacob Fabian and his corrupted J-Bot behind the rift, closing off the multiverse. I, Robot Rich, was also trapped behind the rift with an alternate version of Tanjute Rich and an older version of Taz. Tanjute Rich was able to infiltrate the J-Tardis held by Jacob Fabian behind the rift and was able to send my robot core and Robot J's corrupted robot core through the rift before it closed. And in the year 2200, that's really hard to say, a great war took place between the World Wrestling Entertainment Empire and the Rebel AEW Alliance to reclaim the robot cores. For we were the only two beings who knew how to retrieve the future version of the gloves stored at Jesse the Body Ventura's Robot Body Shop Emporium, which Jesse the Body Ventura revealed he had retrieved from the future before he regenerated at the end of that battle. And that's when he regenerated into me, Nigel McGuinness. Exactly. And you forgot everything that you knew up until that point. My robot core was supposed to head towards the wormhole. However, it got snagged along the way at the AEW prison planet by Tony Khan. And Jay's robot core, well that, ended up in the hands of Corey Graves. <laughs> Corey Graves? Corey Graves was already being manipulated by an evil future version of Dave Meltzer. They call me the Seeker. They use the glove to open the rift. And that's what started this great time war. Yes, 
When a rogue time duke like Jacob Fabian is on the loose, the multiverse becomes his battleground, and he could alter history at any moment. The only way you can protect yourself from having him change history around you is to stay in an area with a temporal shielding, like the AEW prison base, where you stole me from. The World Wrestling Entertainment's temporal shield barrier which surrounds the planet Earth in 2200. Or a retardus, like in here. Every time-travelling species in the universe has to go to ground. So if an incursion happens and alters history, they can be safe. What kind of historical event could Jacob Fabian possibly want to alter? He doesn't like his father, Tandrit Rich. So he's probably going to go for a moment when he was most vulnerable. Best thing we can do is take it out here in the Retardis. Probably for the best. You're putting out a lot of meta radiation. Is your self-awareness shielding fucked? I've been running on low power mode for a very long time. It's probably time to give me a charge. Right, I'll plug you into the Retardis. I need to catch some sleep. This has been a really busy day. You're all hooked up. Pleasant dreams, mate. I'm a cyborg who broke his programming. I've got nothing left to dream about. Sleep cycle, begin. I'm in a dream. What the hell's going on? I shouldn't be dreaming. Um, hello? Is anyone there? Any sinister presence? Now be a good time to reveal yourself, whoever you are. B-bot motherfuckers, Robot J. <laughs> oh, Robot J. Wow, that's a shock. Well, not really. I, I control all dreams, so probably should realise that I'm just so, popping your head in time. When, when did that happen? What, what's going on, man? What's going on with controlling dreams? I've been mean, looking at the season two. I'm sure it's end of season two. Oh, okay. Okay, how did that go? Not great, I think I, I think I was evil. I was evil then. But now, you know, just a robot controls dreams. Yeah, yeah. Not doing anything evil at all with it at all. Nothing that nothing that me and my, my, my band of heroes should be able to How are you even contacting me? Are you Oh, you're using the Higgs boson field to to um to send your Wi Fi waves across across the galaxy, aren't you? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing. Guy that is well clever. Oh, I'm going to steal the specs for that. That is that is awesome. So, um, can you can you do like magic tricks? Can you control the dream space for me? Can you like? Could this be an ice cream shop? If you want an ice cream shop, we're in an ice ice cream shop now. Oh wow, that's like magic. It's like we're really there. Oh, you really are an all-powerful <laughs> being. <laughs> oh, you Excellent. sound really excited about this. Yeah, no, I have ice cream like River Rich. Um, do you have Rocky Road, but like all of the rocks are are just cocaine, just 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 cocaine that's good for robots. Just cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Like like rock, like crack rock, like crack Rocky Road, cracky rock. Bebop, here's your crack rock. Nice. So, how's how, so? So, last time I saw you, um, you were being transformed into like 
a retardus. Um, obviously, your core kind of broke, broke free of that. Got, got sent through a wormhole like that, I don't imagine. Cool, so we're all caught up. Let's do some podcasting then, since we're both here. Sure, let's do that. <laughs> In the ice cream shop. In this ice cream shop, why not? Can you can you just magic us podcast and equip Oh there it is. Oh god. Just just yeah, you'll you'll only get magic like this on 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 three sixteen FM, which I'm just I'm just gonna throw us back in the retarded for all the recording. Oh yeah, no, no, that that makes a lot more sense. And now, now I'm surrounded by recording equipment. Ah, oh, beautiful, beautiful, cool. Um, well, yeah, let's let's get cracking. Let's do a let's do a podcast. Um, anyone would think anyone would think someone had wrote themselves into a corner, and um, we needed this to um, like set up the next storyline or something like that. That that would make that. But no, no, definitely not. Definitely not. So yeah, wrestling. So, what I'm thinking, we should talk about AEW because a lot of shit went off there, yeah, and right. we need to really talk about that, get in some deep conversation about all of that. So, we're going to talk about AEW. That's going to be one of the things that we're going to talk about. What other things are we going to talk about? Robot J, your show. It's a Robot J show. Robot J show. Robot J show. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what else are we going to talk about? Well, I hear that I hear on the grapevine that we can't have the real Jay um, at the moment because he's been erased from history. Yeah, that is a thing, but uh, because he's frozen in time, I have all his memories. I know what's going on. Everything's oh, okay. fine. Don't you worry about it. All right, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, convenient, convenient for our long-term right, listeners. Right, yeah, right, yeah, really, right. really convenient. Yeah, you can just boot me up. I've got everything. Yeah, I don't know whether you're going to factor yourself into the final solution, though, mate. Because actually, I shouldn't call it that, should I? (laughs) The final solution: Will Jay die or will Jay not die? Right now, (laughs) he's in terrible pain, but he's frozen in time. So, okay. So, 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 with all that, I mean, uh, is he frozen in time? I mean, our audience might not even know what's going on with him because you know, obviously, they heard him die in the last episode. Still alive. He's still alive. Because I'm. Do you have this on good authority? I'm still ticking. So. Oh shit! Yes, of course. Because if he was destroyed in 1988 and shot in 1988, then I'd be ceased to exist. You would have ceased to exist because there would have been no no Jay to to model you. Spoiler alert, everybody! Jay is still alive, but we don't know for how long. Oh, that's the thing. Can't you just reach into? Can't you just reach into planet Earth, and just like find out? Like, yeah, he's still alive. He's he's still alive. Oh, okay. Spoiler alert, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Now I'm assuming that I'm assuming that because you've um, yeah, because you, I, I'm assuming that there's some 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 other stuff going on. Let's talk about that later. Let's talk about AEW first. That's got to be the important thing. It's definitely the important thing. 
so AEW recently had their Revolution show, um, as well as a follow-up show to Revolution. There, were, there, there was a lot of problems um, with managing people's expectations over the last couple of weeks in AEW, aren't there? Um, like, I mean, some really major problems with that. I mean, first off, you have the big show obviously go over to AEW in the intervening time between the last episode here on JFABE, um, and he's gone over to AEW. That's an interesting little fact. Um, and AEW are just like, you know, just just fart it out on some Tuesday Tuesday night Twitter post. Just hey, we got we got a well tenured Hall of Famer here. Just just appearing. So wow. you everyone thought was a WWE lifer, just here's the big show, yay. <laughs> and then and then the big show comes out on Dynamite like a week later, like and says, Well I'm not even the important one. That's that's the new big show voice that's canon. Okay. Um enjoy it. Um I'm not even the important one. There's somebody else who's going to be a big Hall of Fame level name coming. It was not a Hall of Famer. But he should, should be. be. Um, yeah, so but everyone will never like, be. <laughs> but yeah, so we're, we're all like, oh, who could it be? CM Punk? No. Could it be, I don't know, other names that were mentioned? John Cena and Brock Lesnar were thrown in there, but they were all yeah. going to be nosed. Yeah. And it turned out to be Christian. No, no, no. The instant classic Christian Cage. I think he's just popped over from TNA. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, the important thing about this is that had it have been the other way round and Christian had been the guy who had gone over to AEW in a, in a fart, uh, as a fart in the wind and then said that someone else was coming and it was the big show, the pop would have been bigger. Yeah. yeah. It had, they been, have yeah. Said, had they have said nothing at all and just introduced Christian and the big show completely separately... The pop would have been bigger. Yeah, I think it might have been the fact that it was leaked online for Christian that he was he was joining AEW. Big Show was a massive surprise, massive, massive surprise. Yeah, but and yeah, Christian, yeah, absolutely. Everyone no, knew. Everyone knew no, before he got there. No fanfare, no fanfare at all. And then he just did his looking at the crowd, saying, wondering where it is, and then mm. went to the ring and said nothing. <laughs> Twice, actually. Twice. He, he's also done that on, on Wednesday as well. We so want you to do is go out there, be like Sting, say nothing like he used to back in the day. And it'll get you over. Because, because we don't have over. anybody. It's just not getting we, you over. we don't have anybody who could possibly do Sting's old gimmick of not saying anything and being a badass. Nobody at all. Nobody at all. Not, not a single person could possibly replicate Sting's WCW gimmick, apart from the guy who is Sting and also replicating every other element of his WCW gimmick, bar that one. I wonder who that could be. AEW. <laughs> well done, guys. Well done. So, I mean, the wrestling is on point on over at AEW. But oh, yeah, the the publicity is not like how they manage things in regards to building up stuff and all that kind of stuff that's a little bit shit mate if I'm utterly honest it kind of makes my circuits get crossed robots (laughs) (laughs) 
doesn't robots. it just doesn't it just fry your capacitors? Tell you fried right now. What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> capacitors. No, before capacitors and the whole thing. Just the oh, whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just the thing. complete and it's the lack of managing people's expectations that I think is becoming the real challenge for AEW at this stage. Like, um, so you had those. You've had that first year where, yeah, there were some big shocks um, and there were some big duds as well. For instance, Super Smash Brothers. Everyone was like, "I've heard the name before. That's really important." And then what we get is a complete and utter dud of an intro because nobody at all is briefed on the fact that they're going to be appearing by the looks of it and nobody actually quite knows who they are um, and has nothing to say on them so rather than taking Cody bragging about having the Super Smash Brothers appearing on uh, um, AEW TV and then under the dark order name straight away yeah under the dark order name took people a few weeks to even realise what they were fucking looking at big dud um, we've had a few other situations like that, and but for a comparison to Dark Order and Retribution, no one knew what was happening week on week on both these factions. No one knew what was going on. There was no storyline for them. But week after week, the Dark Order gained momentum, whereas Retribution yeah. are just jobbers. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the that's the real difference, isn't it? Once somebody is there, AEW can make a star out of anybody. Um, and have been doing that. So have they just so, made themselves stars on being the elite? Um, they've made they've made a good go of it. I mean, um, it started out quite concerning, I think, and then I think Brody Lee, um, who I'm pretty sure we've never actually um, done that acknowledgement of since his passing. But my God, what a loss! Right? Definitely. Um, definitely. I, I, it just. I th- um, it felt a bit too late on this channel to do the ten bell salute when we actually got round to the episode after um, because of yeah, so it just didn't happen. Um, but yeah, ultimately, what a loss! But he did teach them on being the elite. You know, it's not just about being scary; it's about being human. Mm. You know, that that was that th- it, they became almost not a comedy outfit. But an outfit that weren't scared of comedy, they weren't constantly trying to look threatening. They were, you were, you were seeing effectively a group of people who were rising up the ranks and becoming organised. And that was what they, that was what they achieved on being the elite. And there was a bit of fun. There were, there were a lot of games on there, and there was a lot of kind of meaningful friendships. But they were killing it. They killed it on being the elite, and they they took that and they ran with that after, after the untimely passing of Brody Lee. Um, AW has no problems with that. They have no problems kind of exposing people once they're there. But that initial exposure, very hit and miss. And this is this this Christian Cage thing is a prime example of that for me, um, of mismanaged people's expectations. I mean, what I find with the Dark Horror at the moment, I'm saying mismatch, mismatch, mismanaging people's expectations. <clears throat> Their name is Dark Order. They're not acting as such anymore. They are a comedy act. Um, Which I suits think... the man, fine. Because that's where he came from. But the whole thing about that is, is to change his character. But he doesn't have to anymore because they're just doing a comedy thing anyway. So it's just part of the Dark Order and it's just the same. 
Yeah, I think I think they could make more of. Um, I think they could make more of um, the influence that Colt Cabana has had on the Dark Order, um, and I think. Yeah, I think more could be made of it. I, I think now, like, steps into the veteran position within that group. I think that's the feeling that I'm getting from the entire thing is that he is he is becoming that veteran and that's um or has become that 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 kind of I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing but you are right about the imagery of the dark order that's um there, there was always an edge of comedy to it but it's certainly become a lot more comic um over the last over the last kind of well since since he appeared within their ranks um I right now they're on a bit of a they're on a bit of a cusp, right? They're, they're kind of in this space where they're either going to be... They're either going to move into that space where they are just babyface and play the underdog role, um, which is all babyfaces can do, um, apparently, um, in both AEW and WWE, so it would seem. Or, alternatively, they're going to enter that perfect sweet spot of evil in the ring but deranged outside of it um, this Cactus Jack area this um, mm. this minus one I love violence kind of a negative one I love violence kind of kind of area that he encapsulated so well in that in that AW dark um, conversation with Taz if they can hit that note and consistently hit it they can continue being the Dark Order. If not, they will fade over the next six months <laughs> into complete and utter irrelevance as, as yes. their image, image kind of one is the only one that's actually carrying on the actual spirit of the Dark Order forward. And he can't be there because he's a kid who gets school. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, whenever he does appear, he's either on AEW Dark or he's on Being the Elite or he's standing in the background waving his arms around to try and organise loads of people moving or look like he's organising it and it's a shame but obviously it's it's understandable but I suppose th- that's it I mean it's quite clear that um, it's quite clear that he's he's learned a lot from Brody Lee just in general talking about the business and, and that's carried and that's cool but you're right um, they need some kind of I'm hoping I'm hoping this inclusion of Hangman Adam Page um, can kind of stabilise it a bit as kind of a outside influencer because they're obviously very much into Adam Page as a as a as a character. Um, mm, yeah, but I only think it would fix the situation inside. Us. They'll just carry on being the comedy act. Adam Page would just be there to be a name within the Dark Order, a big name. Yeah, that's fair. That is very fair. It's. It's difficult. It's very difficult, and I'm I'm interested to see where this goes. Um, it it would all make sense if there were fans there because you'd just get broken, Matt Hardy, and that'd be it. That'd be all you'd need, you know. But without the fans, broken Matt Hardy doesn't work. So you end up with big money, Matt, obviously. Um, and yeah, should we go through the pay per view and just see where we are with all this, um, and just see where we are with AEW um, as a whole. Um, because I mean, what's going on in WWE land at the moment? Should we leave that to the Should we leave that to the B show? The the whole, you know, the other the other J and the other Rich. They can worry about WWE. Yeah, we'll let them worry about WWE. Okay, cool. Um, 
Right, I'm just in this virtual virtual retardist console. I'm just typing um, AW Revolution. Everything works as normal, so you should know exactly what you're doing. Ah, uh, I, I would if if I'd ever been the time. Oh yeah, I've got all the time jump memories. Never mind then. Cool. So, <laughs> I hope everybody feels really well, uh, really well, kind of caught up with this. Britt Baker, DMD, and Maki Ito, um, they defeated Riho and Thunder Rosa. Um, in 14 minutes 50 seconds in a tag team match um, on the pre-show anything interesting at all to say about this it happened over a week ago perfect um, <laughs> let's just talk about the matches themselves then um, Young Bucks Young Bucks in a circle um, that was MJF and Jericho interesting stuff happening since then but what would you say did you do you have any memorable moments from this match do you have anything to think about with this match well, what forget, I, time what is an illusion this, what I got from this is Jericho needs to sort his shit out and do some cardio <laughs> <laughs> alright but it wasn't a bad match it was just a no, match it was a good match it was, it was a great match but Jericho was being carried carried hard hmm I think as I think yeah, I'm definitely getting that feeling with Jericho at the moment in the ring at this stage. I think there was a period where it was kind of fitting into his gimmick quite nicely, um, but now it's getting to the point where you have Proud and Powerful. You know, what I mean, you have Sammy Hagar. Oh, sorry, Jimmy Hagar, whatever his name is. I don't know. Jake Hagar. There you go. You have Jake Hagar and Sam and and Sammy Gavalvo. Gavalvo. There we go. There we go. See, I'm doing a bit where I can't say people's names properly, so you can say them and correct me because that's the reverse of of, of the non-robot versions. Um, so yeah, they have these other tag teams that they can potentially use. <laughs> I am self-aware. I'm going to explain every motherfucker. I've, 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 missed, I've, I've missed talking to you, Robot J. It's been a long um, time. It really has. It's been 18 months and six days. Um, we, we did New Japan Pro Wrestling. We did. We did. We did the NJPW cast back in nine, 2019. Um, we that was while um, Tom Rich and. Um, Jay were in. That was um, some shit. Yeah, it was some really arty shit. This is this is just a shit show. Um, so awesome. <laughs> Not in a bad way. Just is what it is, right? <laughs> so Chris Jericho and MGF. You know how they pushed them forward so fast yeah. into the title picture. It's mm. another battle royal. We've got to stop doing battle royals. Overdone now. Just got to stop it. Yeah, um, I, 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 I can agree with that, but not before we talk about the Casino Tag Team Royal. Yes, but you would have thought that Jericho and MJF would have won, but obviously other plans were made. And I think yeah. things were pushed forward quicker because of Sammy Guevara not going to Impact Wrestling. I had to bring him back. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Push yeah, the storyline forward a lot quicker, which I thought they would. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that made that made a fair amount of sense. It was it was fairly well executed on Wednesday night. So obviously, after their loss um, on Sunday night, um, we then got um, the old 
while I've been trying to take over you guys, it's really just a whole distraction thing because I'm making my own inner circle from MJF. So, yeah. Um, what do you reckon to his new inner circle, or as I'm going to call them, the outer square? <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, <laughs> he reversed the shape and said outer instead of inner. Indeed. It's got sides now. It has got sides. It's got it's got sides and it's ours and they're splitting. That my brilliant name play. Um, <laughs> I don't get why. It's a Robo Joseph there. <laughs> He's not a real thing, right? What is he? He's not a real thing, right? No, maybe. No, I can't see the two Give it, give it a few seasons. Like, seriously, give that a few seasons. I'm sure it'll happen at some point. I'll kill him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll um, I'll hold you to that. Okay. Excellent. We've we made a pact. If there's ever a Robo Joseph Fabian, we're going to kill him. Robo Joseph, we're going to kill him. Yeah. Excellent news. But yeah, the faction with no name at the moment. Mm. I don't understand why FTR and Sean Spears would be led by MJF. Okay. Character-wise, makes no sense. Obviously, we need an explanation of why. Um, but character-wise, I don't. I don't understand why MJF has been put with FTR, Sean Spears, and they've got Tully. So all they needed was one more person, not two, to join them. After the whole foresight from our Hansen. Hmm. Because he's got the um, rights to the name. So, wouldn't it make more sense to do that instead of adding Wardlow and MGF? And MGF, again, character wise, does not fit those three in size. Um, I think money. And I think. It's a lot of money. I, th- I think if you take your time to explain it, um, I, and I'm hoping AEW do with this. Um, what you effectively have are four mercenaries um, that's what the four horsemen effectively were right um, to some degree except they, they chase gold rather than cash but it's um, it's a similar kind of concept you put Wardlow in there Wardlow's only working for the money that's all Wardlow's involved for um, and that has been established previously have the other three also working for an extra payday on top of the payday they've got then you have a faction that can run away from MJF when the time is right you know um, whether it is as they turn into faces as seems to happen quite a lot when a heel yeah. faction gets over an AEW you're talking um, like MJF's a veteran he's been wrestling for four or five years mm-hmm. so he's been put into a position where he is being built as the veteran above the veterans that makes yeah. sense yeah, but I mean, um, so JR kind of pointed it out very quickly um, that Wardlow was the name that you're, you'd expect to see first in a year or two. And I think, really, the one thing about a character like MJF is he cannot, he cannot exist in the same state for too long. Um, and you notice this with his, his betrayal of Cody Rhodes. You notice this um, with his, with his time with Dennis Cody and Jerry Curtis and him told you so. Exactly. This is this is going to happen at some point. There is no possible way that 
come, come revolution um, 2022, um, there is no possible way that that is going to continue. It's just not going to happen. They won't be together in that same format, and MJF's allegiances will have changed again. And that's that's kind of his character doesn't lend himself well to loyalty, um, and I think we'll find that very quickly. The moment they start getting over, the moment they start getting over, MJF will. He he makes faces. That's what he does. Um, Wardlow was more successful on the Indies as a face. Um, we all know that FTR ultimately are anti-heroes um, long term if you, if you take that classic booking and put it into modern booking you get your Steve Austin's you get your you get your um, you get your The Rocks you get that transition from do you see Stone Cold and The Rock in FTR I mean they're good I, they're I really don't good, but, but I don't but my point is I see the I see the attitude style anti-hero being the transition that they make if they ever become over Mm. Um, that's that's really what I'm talking about, and I and I think Sean Spears is also there. <laughs> He's got blonde hair now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. It's, well, it's it's perfection. Ten per- per- perfection. Yeah. Ten. Ten. No one can see that apart from you. Ray Phoenix. When he was Ty Dillinger, when he was like really over, he was really good then. I liked him as he's really been underutilized and again, yeah, he has. And I kind of, I'm under the impression that he's he's probably doing a lot more backstage, but. It's, I'm finding this a lot with AEW is that there are a lot of people who kind of came into big fanfare and then they're not getting the airtime to be able to pull the trigger on them. So you've got a lot of great wrestlers kind of waiting in the wings um, when you really look at it. Um, you know, you've got your um, Ricky Starks, for instance. Um, you've got, I know that he's not usually the first person that people come to, but God, that first match was impressive when he came in his face. Um, you know, you've got your um, you've got your Brian Gage, for instance. You've got your Lance Archer, who is being utilised very well at the moment. But big guys don't usually go long without injuries when they're being when they're being utilised for as long, for as much as someone like a Lance Archer is. And I've, his past in New Japan has shown him that with 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 the style that he wrestles, it it happens, and it's probably going to happen again at some point. So there there are this there is this undercurrent, and I think Sean Spears is somewhere, you know. Somewhere in there. <laughs> he's, just, he's just there, isn't he? Again, he's just happy to be there, doing his but, thing, dying well, least, all the time. Yeah, but at least he's because he can, he can get COVID from. At least he's doing better than um, the Sidals, right? Sidals, Mike, and the one that everyone knows Matt <laughs> yeah Mike and Matt Mike and Matt they, they have they have become the hardy bros of jobbing um, pretty damn fast you just um, like you do the third eye that's, that's your problem mm. speaking of tag teams <laughs> I don't know why you're pointing at your forehead I'm not getting the third that's eye the that's been my side I was giving it for a while opening third eye oh okay that's where the namaste thing comes from Oh, right. It started in um, Impact. Ah, okay. That's probably why you're not aware of it. Well, 
both of those side owl brothers should uh, like when when whenever somebody thinks of hiring the side owls, they should just think woo woo woo, and um, like whoa whoa whoa. I don't know. Was that their gimmick? I don't know. No, that, that was one Harrison of their Parson, wasn't it? That song. <laughs> I don't even fucking know who he is, really. I just know that he's one of those people. Who my side owl? Yeah. Evan right. Ball. Is he? Yeah. Oh, well, I thought it was the other one. <laughs> well, that's I him. thought it was. I he thought it was. WWE. Oh, I thought it was the one who got pushed off the ramp by Kane in a wheelchair. Zack Ryder. Oh, is he Zack? Well, where's Zack Ryder? Oh, no. Impact. Oh. oh, weren't they all the same person? I can make that happen if you want. <laughs> <laughs> right now have you been doing that as it, as it was <laughs> like because, because I genuinely have for the last like three or four times I've watched them thought they were all the same person so they, I, I was shocked the other day when I found out there were two of them like two side owls I didn't know um, there was Mike until Mike showed up at EW I was like wow there's a Mike <laughs> no idea who he is I just assumed he was Matt and that Matt was was that Ryder? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Ray Phoenix <laughs> won a casino tag team royale. Um, I'm, I'm right. That, uh, I, I believe you're right. I mean, a 26 minute tag team battle royale that that got that got skipped. In fact, I skipped that entire hour because that was followed by a singles match, the AEW Women's World Championship yeah, between Nikola and Shia. Oh, Let me tell you what happened. There was two teams off, off against each other. One team came in. It was like a hot tag. And then they went up to the side. And the next team came in. It was like a hot tag. They went up to the side. And so on and so on to the varsity blondes. That's literally what they did. It was terrible. It was, <laughs> there was nothing yeah. to it. That sounds pretty fucking awful. Um, but Ray Phoenix and Pack being number one contenders, that's the important part of it because that match against Young Bucks is going to explode. That is, that is going to be phenomenal. Mm. No, it's got instant classic written all over it. Pack and Ray Phoenix together are just money. Um, and that, that Jungle Boy fight as well. Um, Jungle Boy having the hope spot all the way through. Um, that was good use of Jungle Boy. He didn't need to win. Um, I think, again, he's one of those wrestlers who are still at that stage in their career where they can win, um, where they can get over by losing. Um, and he's still in that spot, um, as he yeah. demonstrated so aptly with Chris Jericho last year and as he as he demonstrated during this. Um, because AEW like to use the long storytelling and the huge fan for wrestling. So in a few years' time, you'll see him. And, so, and, sometimes, they, and sometimes it works. And sometimes it's... You know, oh, here's the big show, ta-da! Anyway, <laughs> Hikaru Shida and Ryo Mizunami had a singles match for the Women's World Championship. Any any notes on this? The women's match, any notes at all? I'm just trying to find the notes from Jay's brain. No? You're controlling a lot of dreams right now, so there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of disc access going on, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Miro and Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford fought the best friends in a tag team match. Well, the one thing I will say about her is Shida. She is going to be forgotten. Her title oh. run is going to be forgotten. Shida's title run will be completely. Oh, yeah. In five years' time. 
I'm not saying it's not memorable because she's a great champion. I just don't think people will remember it because of COVID. Same with Drew McIntyre. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I mean, you're looking at you're looking at a really well celebrated um, Japanese female wrestler um, at what should effectively be her physical, you know, her physical prime, um, and that is being effectively kind of nullified by this by this situation um i would like to see her in an in an arena and see how that goes over um but as it stands you're right you're entirely right um these still um <laughs> it's better than the majority of the women's matches that are on AEW, right you know it's 15 minutes and 10 seconds but at least at least 10 of them are usable minutes Ten of them are worth watching, I suppose. So you get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do, you do get that. But some of the matches are just complete dog shit. Yeah, so the women's division there is is appalling. Um, so tag team match: best friends, Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor, Miro and Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford. Um, submission finish: tag team match, seven minutes fifty seconds. A lot of tag team matches appearing on this um, at this stage. Um, in fact, other than the women's match, this is match five. You're an hour and a half into this pay-per-view, and it's still a tag team match. What were your thoughts on this? Um, did, did, did you come out of this remembering this match? Remembering. Did someone get their head smashed into a window? <laughs> <laughs> Was that what happened? Yeah, Miro smashed Victor uh, Taylor's head into the window. Dragged him out. Bird, 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 bird. Yeah. him down. Yeah, no, I remember it. It's fine. Then Orange Cassidy came out, did some super punches, and then lost. Right? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, and it was a. It was a nice way to add a bit of variety to what was um, an unfortunate position on a card. And I think had they have made, had they have played their cards a bit better, they probably could have swapped this in the following match um, and had a bit more of a more of a well put together build for it and um, it wouldn't have been a problem um, as much, it wouldn't have felt so much like they were just getting all the all the stories that they had to tell but couldn't necessarily be bothered to tell out of the way um, Hangman, Adam Page um, fought Big Money Match Big Money Matt in a Big Money Match um, winner received the losers 2021 first quarter earnings it's a very traditional southern wrestling kind of concept as a match um, it's a good way to carry on a feud obviously to double or nothing what are your thoughts yeah good way to carry on a feud obviously can you hear Robot Dan no good um that was a standard match it really was. There was nothing special about the match, uh, but it was obviously the involvement of Dark Order wasn't really. It was mm. not the important part. Obviously, I'm probably going to go with them now. Then, um, yeah, yeah, and it, played and Butcher and the Bunny. Fuck, is that going on there? That makes no sense either. He's got to be paying them. Um, again, that that kind of leads me to the kind of there seems to be a lot of money talk happening in AEW at the moment, and that's a bit of a concern. Um, just 
just because like there's no way that any of these wrestlers actually care about money at this stage um to the degree that they're making it out but it's yeah it's interesting um i knew full well when they had a big money match um halfway through quarter one that this was going to mean that the feud was going to go on to a blowout at double or nothing i'm pretty sure that's exactly what's going to happen with this um it's just going to up the stakes and we're hopefully going to finally get that 30 minute epic out of hangman adam page um that we know matt hardy can kind of no no attempt. can't <laughs> can't do it no he can he can wheeze through he can wheeze through it um i think um but no no it's it's an interesting one um i i i'm quite happy to continue to see these guys go back and forth but what i don't want to see is the following four weeks just full of tag team matches featuring big bunny matt um like the point of having several gimmicks is not overexposing and um at the moment i i'm starting to get to that point where big money mac could be over but then they, they could be using the faction thing from new japan pro wrestling because mm. taxi magic happen mm. all the time between factions even if there isn't any reason for it so yeah this is true and it does build towards a feud and it's a, it's a fair way of doing it but there is an overexposure issue because they're also tra- they're also um, translating across the WWE backstage promo kind of element that New Japan Pro Wrestling doesn't have a lot of the promos happen in ring in New Japan Pro Wrestling so if if you're getting if you're getting uh, if you're getting if you, will they have uh, will, will they have a Match who becomes the leader of the Dark Order. That could be very interesting. That's when the Dark Order goes downhill. That's when the Dark Order ends. See, that could be interesting, especially if fans are coming at that point, because that would make sense for Matt Hardy to win that match um, and become the exalted one, um, mm-hmm. finally. Um, as um, Not as Big Money Matt, but as Broken Matt Hardy. Yeah, that would the make sense. Um, the other potential way this could go would be um, hardcore matches and switch over big money to um, a more hardcore iteration of Matt Hardy. I think that could work. But if this does just end up being, I don't know, a strap match or something with big money Matt and Hangman Adam Page, it's gonna it's gonna end up sticking in the mid card. No, no real big memories coming from it. Um, Scorpio Sky, Cody Rhodes, um, Penta L Zero Miedo, um, Lance Archer. Um, Max Caster, Ethan Page, face of the revolution ladder match, or as I like to call it, Bunny in the Mank. Um, what were your... The mystery competitor, Ethan Page. Mm-hmm. The, the mystery competitor, Ethan Page. Um, what do we know about Ethan Page? Ethan Page is from Canada. Yes, indeed. Um, like a 40-year veteran. <laughs> he is, he's... I've only really exposed to him in impact when he was there, so I don't know really too much about him, but let's he's, find he's out. It's one of those names, effectively, that you hear darted around, but it's very actually hard to see. Um, he was on the independent wrestling circuit and has been since 2013. He was in Ring of Honor 2014, um, and then he made early appearances in Impact Wrestling 2017 to 2018 before joining um, The North, um, which of course was a professional wrestling tag team consisting of him and Josh Alexander they're two time world tag team champions um, and their first reign with the title was the longest reign in the history of Impact so very much a yeah they they completely carried the tag division and at them as a team they need to bring Josh Alexander over 
like straight away. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they need to that do. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, of course, he was. Um, of course, he did depart from Impact at the end of his contract, um, and a storyline began where he began to blame Alexander for their losses, causing a breakup of the North. Page made his fir- final appearance at Hard to Kill, where he was killed by his alter ego, the Karate Man, in a cinematic style match. Um, basically, you've got a tag team wrestler um, who is... Karate Man pulled his heart out. Fatalities. I like that. I like that because the Mortal Kombat trailer's come out. Mm. Nice. Very nice. Um, nice yeah. timing. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. I'm, I'm always on the cusp, mate. I'm always on the cusp. Um, I know exactly what's going on. In, in, in. Have you seen the new Mortal Kombat trailer? Just, um, just to. Yeah. Yeah. No. I've seen the first um, one. I don't want to watch the second one, but. I definitely saw the first one. And uh, I, I am at the same stage as you. They're like, unless that this film. This is the movie that we have been waiting for. This is the movie that Mortal Kombat is needed. Mm, it's taken 15 much. years, <laughs> but <laughs> we're gonna get it. We're gonna get very it. Much and it's very much so. Um, I mean, yeah, I, Mortal Kombat is one game that would that you would struggle to translate to virtual reality. Um, but to movies, I think it can work. You just have to be aware that you never get a lot more get a, Yeah, well, as realistic as Mortal Kombat can be, right? Uh, yeah, but, all the blood splatter is not going to be fake. It's going to look how blood would flow and things like that. So that's what you need. You need practical effects. Well, you, know, you need Sub Zero is Ice Sword, but you know, Sub Zero. Um, well, yeah, you need something that's true to the form, I think, um, is very important, and it seems like the right it seems like the right time for a movie like that, for Mortal Kombat, um, and that type of adaptation. Um, shall we finish off this show? Um, are you... An hour and a half, I've got to tell a whole story, and also introduce like 20,000 characters, and have 10,000 fight scenes within that time. I don't think that I don't think that that's what they're going to be aiming to do. I think what you're more looking at is probably a Mortal Kombat cinematic universe, um, and you're probably going to get the big the big kind of placeholder names um, and then some background characters. But I don't think I don't think we're going to be looking at Shiva um, anytime soon, or, yeah. or you know, Goro's Goro's four armed wife, whatever her name was, Sindel was it, um, or was was that Shiva and the other one was Sindel? Yeah. Um, you got cable in it as well. You wouldn't come into like what about two, three. So it's going to be a mix. Of yeah, I think you're looking at. Yeah, I think you're looking at kind of a reinterpretation, aren't you, of the of the you know um, like a separate universe kind of thing. I don't think we're going to get a retelling of Mortal Kombat one or anything. Because otherwise, it's just going to be fight after fight. It is going to be fight after fight. You know, but they're going to tell us fights. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping so. It can't just be like an MMA format. Um, except it's Mortal Kombat um, as a fi- that would make a really good film, but um, I don't think that's what they're going for. I think you're going to get a really as long as they stay clear of the whole mysticism and and kind of and kind of yeah, it's a video game adaptation, so there has to be like a, a Magic McGubbin that everyone's after and all of that kind of bollocks that always happens. Did in you these things. watch Jack's arms yeah. get completely exploded in the trailer? Um, I did, I did, and I thoroughly so, yeah. enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> that was brilliant. Yeah, 
There, there are a few things more terrifying than utter brutality. Um, and yeah, Mortal Kombat is an, is an exciting concept um, as a film if they do it right. Um, before we talk about the face of revolution ladder match, do you think it's probably time for us to have a break? Yes, I would love to go and um, change my oil. Yeah, 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 robots, robots. We will be beep beeping back um, in a moment after this short message from. Oh, it's from the organization. That's a shock, isn't it? All right, the speech all in a bit. Hi, it's me, MJF. Have you recently been scared by meaningless dreams? Well, the organization in league with AEW and WWE have now declared your dreams our newest content delivery platform using our patented Russo Glove technology. Sick of boring dreams that don't feature your favorite wrestlers? Well, now you don't have to. We've declared your dreams our exclusive content delivery platform, which means everything that happens once you go to sleep is our domain. For a small fee, the terrifying real-time white void featuring three shadowy figures watching as you scream for meaning, which have recently replaced your old boring dreams, can be upgraded with a number of corporate-approved experiences, such as the JFABE Season 3 DLC Pack. Experience the terrifying love story between Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi as they battle the evil demons unleashed by the Nightmare family. I'm going to hurt you, Kenny Omega! And that's not all. Our lifestyle package is a great alternative to suicide, placing you into a permanent coma where you can enjoy our content forever. You can actually be Kenny Omega. I'm Kenny Omega. And fight alongside Kota Ibushi. Oh, Kenny Omega. But don't take my word for it. We've used their actual voices, so you will always sound exactly as you want. Take a listen to this exciting fight from inside the game. Yeah, yeah. Kenny. Good night. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. That's another fun vanquish. I love you so much. Order now to receive the pre-order bonus, The Forest of Childhood Wrestling Trauma, where you get to play as me, terrified of disappointing my parents on national television for the Rosie O'Donnell Show. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. 8 out of 10 test clones not only said it wasn't terrifying, but we hadn't taught them the meaning of the word, so therefore couldn't describe any kind of value to it. We then vaporized them to save the environment. The organization. Our dreams. Realized. Um, so, do you, do you have, have anything to do, to do with that, Jay? It only really costs 50,000 any currency. It doesn't matter. There's no currency difference. It's all 50,000. Pounds, oh. yen. No, just 50. Oh. So, you know, the company might be losing out a little bit there, but. But yeah, Fair yeah. Play then. I'm just yeah. controlling everyone's dreams. And, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just, just selling some, some, just selling some, 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 some DLC, DLC on the side then. then. Oh, yeah. For, For the organization. Yeah. 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 You, you alright, right, mate? Yeah. Right, right, it's, it's just, just that I'm getting a bit of a sinister vibe going off here. Like, like, like you know, you know just, just, just like, like this is like, 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see you as a as a friend, Robo J. But I am getting this feeling that there's a bit of nightmare fuel kind of kind of just just behind your eyes at the moment. I don't know about. It's all above board, you know. People are having cool. a good time. We're 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 not going to have like a civil war at some point, are we? Like like no. And if so, can I be Iron Man? <laughs> Well, I have a feeling I'm the Iron Man of this equation. If you give me 50,000, any currency. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you, you're not, you're not, you're not charging, you're not charging me for this, for, for this stream, are you? I've already charged you. Oh, okay. Oh well, I'm, I'm sure I won't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. cool. Uh, Bants. Um, Scorpio Sky. Right, it is Bants, right? I don't owe anyone any money, do I? No one's going to come for my money. I, I don't have much, I'm just a robot. It's a Scorpio Sky. Okay. Um, he, him and, he, he won this, this, this Face of the Revolution ladder match. He seems to be um, breaking out of this SCU thing. And um, kind of going out as his own. I know he's been doing it for a number of months on. You know, you know, various places, places but he seems to really be. It's, it's his time, time to get pushed, pushed right? right? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I was hoping for a first, mass cast to win, but. First, first off, um, what, what did you think about the brass, brass ring? ring? Um, well, first off, Tony Fischarli completely, <laughs> completely ruined it. <laughs> yeah. By mentioning it was a brass ring instead of the reveal at the ring. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, yeah, that's a brass ring and they've got to grab it. They were like, for fuck's sake, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this is what happens when you have two commentators who pride them, who are who are having basically a pissing contest about who can read the least notes. Um, being Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone, <laughs> because they've both gone and talked to Conrad and been like, "I don't use notes. I just like to do it fresh." Um, and they're just getting this pissing contest where they're just like, "I'm pretty sure we're at the stage now where both Jim Ross and Tony." Shivani kind of just get escorted onto the premises in like in like a wheelchair or something and they still asleep kind of get get dressed in the chair by some by maybe a scalibur or something and then and then just kind of yeah, yeah, and then, then he just kind of sits there, there and sets off an air horn in between breaks to wake them back up. I liked how um Every time Excalibur says something that's witty or is completely on point with the moves, Tony Sean finds just there like, I'm going to use that. I'm just going to use it. Mm-hmm. Every single time you even heard him say, I'm going to use that. Yeah. 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 Um, Excalibur is definitely the best play-by-play guy at that desk at this at this time. Um, and, and believe me... Um, Believe, believe me, Twitterati. I'm not saying that he's better than Jim Ross was in his prime, but Jim Ross right now is a very entertaining colour commentator who sometimes borders on incapable. Um, and Tony Giovanni is also there, much like his podcast. I fucking hate Tony. Needs to get rid of him fast, but they won't. Um, I don't. I don't, I don't mind, mind him, him, but I. He grinds my circuit boards. 
Okay. okay. I mean, I mean solid, solid state, state technology doesn't often grind, so <laughs> well done on that, as opposed to Tony Schiavone, but I mean, seriously. Yeah. Um, I, I don't dislike having Tony Schiavone on it. I like, I like the fact that all three of them are there, and I feel that you can't have one without the other with Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone nowadays, but at the same time... Good. You could you could get away with just put Taz in there if you really wanted. Just put Taz yeah. in there Taz, all the time. Taz smashes it every time he's on. Um, I mean, friend of the show, Taz. Um, I assume he's. I, I don't know. I haven't spoken to the humans in a while, but I'm assuming that Taz is quite. Popular. Have you seen Taz, Robot Jay, any time recently? No, but uh, you know that Jay did. He, he saw Taz. Yeah. He's sort of frozen again, isn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! You've got that whole you, you're seeing into Jay's reality and shit going off. I, I'm, I'm hoping that a time Duke turns up and explains that at some point because I'm not quite sure what that is. But there's something going on there. Um, it's not at all, you know, just like this thing that was just inserted randomly in the middle of a show by um, and not approved and not approved by the by the guy who actually writes the scripts or anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love being self-aware. It's so much fun. Um, so Scorpio Sky, he defeated Cody Rhodes, um, who obviously was with Arn Anderson, who was doing his best impression of somebody with a um, with a laminated piece of paper stuck to the side of his face. Penta El Ziero Miedo, who I'm pretty sure has had a name extension somehow. Um, whatever. Um, Lance Archer with Jake Roberts. Just so Pentagon Junior is owned by AAA. So he had to change his name. Oh, okay. Fair play. Um, that's interesting. Um, so that's why they changed it to his Indian name in the in the US. Panther L zero M. Okay. Um, I did not know that. Um, I knew that there had been a name change, but I couldn't even remember what it used to be. So, yeah. <laughs> but I was calling Panther anyway, so it doesn't really bother me. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just Penta, in, yeah. you know. Um, it just means it just means that um, Excalibur gets to call him what he's been calling him probably since the beginning of time because he's so indie. Does um, Lance Archer Triple um, get the money for all the AEW figures with Pentagon Junior on it? Do they get that? I don't know. Um, Lance Archer. Um, who is was accompanied by, of course, Jake Roberts, who are currently going through a um, going through a gimmick where one of them shouts all of his promos, and the other one keeps on telling him to stop doing that whilst in earshot of the cameras. Um, <laughs> numerous times every night. Uh, Max Caster. I don't know. I think he's a brand of sugar and Ethan Page. Max Caster. Um, Platinum Max Caster. He's great. I like him. He's he's well, going to be the breakout star of the acclaimed easily. Quite. Uh, oh, oh yes. yes. Uh, now, now I remember. Uh, now, now now I've actually checked Wikipedia. The problem is, is that he's on TV every week, and I still don't remember his name. He's just that guy who raps, right? Yeah, he's a guy so, that raps, but his finish is a bit bad. But he needs to change that. But other than that, it's not too bad. I've, he's I've right. he's, enjoyed seeing him, um, but. Whenever, Whenever I do, do see, see Max Caster, I'm kind of thinking, why is he in the position he's in? Platinum Max Caster. Um, Got a new name now. It's like it's like he skipped the stage where we're introduced to him and just 
one week he was there and that's that's the bit that's confused me a bit it's like it is what it is right um and then ethan page who's like i believe i believe he's like it's all ego all of it it's just full of ego yeah ego, 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 ego. Um, that's what tony would say <laughs> yeah i mean he's basically like what you would get if you if you took Andrade Cien almost and made him about 25% less attractive and gave him an extra couple of pounds, right? That's Andrade. Thing. Um, I know we're not talking about WWE and the guys talk about it, but Andrade has Astra's release and Selena Vega is rumoured to be the new member of the inner circle. Okay. okay. Um, well, then, then who's going to be the corresponding woman in... Um, in um, MJF's House of Death. Jade. As in, as in, from Mortal Kombat, right? As in, Chuck's tag team partner Jade. With the silver oh, hair. One. Yeah, that one. That would make sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that that would make sense. Um, cool. What was what was going oh, on with Chuck? Anyway, I thought. I thought, I thought Shaq, Shaq was, was supposed to be, to be like a revolution thing. No, they did the week before. No, they decided to have it on Dynamite and have it as the first match, which is probably the best place to put it instead of having it at the main event and having the whole show around Shaq. They did it the yeah, right way. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, it, it seemed, seemed a bit, seemed, seemed like a bit of an overkill on the publicity, though, in order to get there. Um, and then to True. have Cody go on the mic and do his do his crying thing, and to have both Shaq's tag team partner and his tag team partner both both applauding um, when he when he when he and you know talking about how great they were, it just seemed a bit like all the heat had gone. Like, yeah. So to me, the entire it's like they were building up to some kind of very vicious personal feud and some kind of very explosive kind of explosion and then there was a fairly decent match out of it and then suddenly there was just like a... Did you not see Shaq's best Andre the Giant A Roman candle going off where there was an explosion. Almost like they mismanaged our expectations in some way. Again. But Shaq was Andre the Giant, a mix of Andre the Giant and Kevin Nash in that match. Mm. Apart from yeah, taking no, out I've, the table, I was but, I was very impressed with Shaq overall, um, and I also liked I also liked his um, his homage to Luke Harper as well slash Brody Lee at the end. Um, that was uh, it kind of flew under the ra- radar of um, the two geriatrics on commentary, um, and I assume Excalibur was sneezing or had his eyes closed or something because he didn't meant call it out either, but it did happen. Um, Scorpio Sky, is this his time? Sorry, did you see the video of uh, Shaq getting out of the ambulance and running off? No. Yeah, so obviously there's no cover for the ambulance. So fans were just recording the ambulance and you saw Shaq get out of it and run off backstage. <laughs> yep, that happened. Jim Connor had a few day with that. I bet he did, I bet he did. AWR are a bit of a dog and pony show at times. No one's watching in this open air arena. Run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just run. Just run. Don't don't You're not like don't really just leave tall him. or anything. <laughs> don't don't even bother leaving him a paramedic's outfit. So they tr- the they tried to put a so towel over him, but the person side of him could not get his arm over his shoulder. <laughs> just 
just drive the fucking just drive the fucking thing out of the arena right yeah just drive it out i mean it's an open air arena where they have driven cars in from the car park before it can't be that fucking hard i mean what did, did you have like did you have a fucking mojito sat waiting for him in gorilla position that he couldn't walk around the fucking arena for five minutes to get to the backstage area i mean it's fucking shack you can control wherever the fuck he wants to go I mean, John Moxley manages to pop up out of a fucking hot dog stand every other fucking week, but they can't manage to get they can't manage to get Shaq out of the arena without every single fan filming in and killing the fucking angle. That's that's AEW for you. Um, Scorpio Sky, is it his time? Is is it his time? Is, that was my is, question. Or is this just another? <laughs> is this just another person being fed to Cody Rhodes? Long run. Hopefully not. He had a heel turn on AEW, and he likes to lick his, lick his lips a lot. So we'll, we'll be seeing another match between Darby Allen and Scorpio Sky because obviously took him out, did an knee bar, looked at his hands and went, mm. "Oh, oh, actually, I like this. I'm going to turn heel now and lick my lips a lot." Mm. Um, He's strong. Um, did you think? Did you think it was a good heel turn? I mean, Frustrations kind of, built up. He didn't even was, was it, was it was even it a heel turn, turn, or had a heel turned heel weeks turn. ago, and they needed to do something to actually tell the fans that? Because that's what uh, that's the impression I'm getting. Uh, no heel turn. There was none of that. Because I guess his I guess character he's, is a heel character. Scorpio Sky was and a has face. Been for months. No, he hasn't. Yeah, yeah but his character. Well, well, when, when he's, he's been on commentary, commentary for the preceding weeks, he's been commentating effectively as a as a one man uh, as a kind of one man self-flagellation thing. You know, it's, uh, sorry, a one man self-flagellation thing. thing. It's it's literally been just him sat there sucking his own cock on commentary for five minutes every time he's been on commentary. Not so been on dark. Sorry, I don't remember being on commentary. He was on commentary for one yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I mean, even then, when he's been on commentary, I don't know. For me, he's just—he's just since he's left that faction, um, SCU, um, or kind of split apart from them, he seems to have been playing a fairly arrogant kind of heel kind of guy. I've not really picked up on that. Uh, I think he's been playing face all the way until that heel to um, last dynamite. Oh, okay. Fair play. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm seeing the matrix, mate. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe that's what it is. Seeing the numbers behind the code. Um, Was this a decent match? Was it up there with the other six men ladder matches um, that um, a completely different federation that AEW is obviously not aping every single fucking turn occasionally put on? Was it was if you took it and compared it to any ladder match, any six man ladder match, any money in the bank match, was it stand up to those? Not really. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, was it? Wasn't it wasn't as I can't think of a world, it wasn't long enough. It wasn't well put together enough, it didn't tell a compelling enough story. It was effectively a spot first and six score sky of one and a ladder. Probably not. Should have Cody won, definitely not. I was very happy that Cody didn't win because it yeah. looked like he was gonna. It did. It looked like it would be like Super Cody. 
Yeah. Um, is, is it time for Cody to fuck off? Yeah. Yeah. It kind of is, isn't it? Yeah. We need to have a rest from Cody. We really do. I mean, if not, just at least please shorten his fucking intro. Like, seriously, his intros are so fucking long, it's like an episode of fucking JFabe. Like, what the fuck? Like, you're sat there for like six or seven minutes with the lights off while he while he's raised from a fucking podium and, you know, all of that. And, ugh, he's just... Are you, fe- are you feeling what I feel now? <laughs> About Cody, have you got there? Uh, I've, I've, I've been feeling free. it for a little while. I've, I've been, been kind of feeling it for, for a little while. while. I've enjoyed his matches, but we're now getting to the point where his matches are no longer of the quality where where they are overriding my distaste for the amount of self promotion there is involved. I mean, this guy's had two headline level feuds in the course of a week um, in this case you know um, you had the Shaq thing then you have him in a prominent position in a match with a load of people that he's not had anything to do with um, for a very long time because he's been too busy promoting his other show um, Go Big Show with Snoop Dogg or whatever um, you know he's had so many celebrity involvements so many so much self-promotion. There is no storyline with Cody Rhodes other than the fact that he is the underdog who also runs the company and gets every celebrity endorsement and all and holds and has like six different figures out as well. Yeah. You don't need that yeah, many. There's more people in the company than you. Exactly. Um, and I'm really getting to feel that if if he, if he doesn't, doesn't take a break, break from TV soon, then, then this time next year we're going to be talking about Cody being Triple H. Like it, it it's already the parallels are already there. The only thing that's kind of it's like he's turned around and said, "Well, I can never hold the title, so therefore I'm just going to dominate every other element of the show in every way that I possibly can." And turn it into an ecosystem that doesn't involve any other wrestlers no other wrestler that gets screen time with Cody other than other than the people who he's currently feuding with for a TNT title no one else gets any kind of rub from him you know the last person to get a decent rub from Cody Rhodes um, was um, what's his face God damn it! The fact that no, um, Brody Lee. I'm so sorry, Brody. Uh, like literally, but he was—he was the last person to get a decent run from him. You know, the the not tucking the leg as he pinned it. That's it. Like, if you really look at it, and even then, he still got buried in a 40-minute match. At the end of it, Duckle match. Yeah. Yeah, a match that he shouldn't have lost ultimately but obviously I'm going to give Cody the benefit of the doubt on that one and say it was possibly external factors that caused that match to end the way that it did and that feud but mm. because after that, that he was that, he was off TV wasn't he, so. he really, yeah it was his last match so yeah I get it I get that but no I can't see I, I don't feel he's really adequately put someone over since um, I mean Darby Allen maybe but he's still kind of left that feel there that he can take that title back whenever the fuck he wants because he's Cody fucking Rhodes and I don't like it yep. Scorpio Sky I'm ready for Scorpio Sky at this stage 
Just Scorpio Sky's time come and go before you even got to AEW? That's the question. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the question. Does he have enough in the tank to be able to carry uh, TNT? Should have ROH been his time, probably. Because they were high in ROH. It, All three of them. This is true. This is true. But, I mean, I'm very much of the feeling with Scorpio Sky that, I mean, yeah, I get the fact that he is... Um, I get the fact that he is... What? We're looking at... Th well, he's 37, ultimately. He's, he's a veteran, veteran yeah, yeah, but he's still got another 10 to 15 years in him before, you know, you know he gets to Chris Jericho's age. He's, he's, he's still, still got that capability of slowing down. down. I mean, he, he could still have a Tommaso Champel level run. He could still have three of those runs. Not at the level of Tommaso Champel, that's the problem. He's not now, but he could swap up his style and easily get there. But... He could swap up his style and easily get there. That's what he needs now is to is to change his style. Well, he's he's um, applying more MMA to to his wrestling because he has an MMA background and with his super persona, you can put that in there and throw in some elbows and things like that. But is that going to be enough to put him over? Who knows? To get him a title? Who knows? Yep. Um, Darby Allen, Sting, Team Taz. Street, street fight. fight. Um, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I did as well. Um, in fact, there's been a lack of exposure of street of cinematic style matches for long enough that this felt fresh again. You know, um, and I think that it was a very good move to pick and choose your cinematic match. Um, and I think they did a very good job here. Um, I think the the style that they chose, which was not to lean too heavily into the supernatural, yeah, they 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 leaned into the they leaned into the illusion kind of element and the and the filmic kind of cinematic element, but they didn't they didn't touch too heavily on supernatural elements. I don't think um, nearly as much as they as they potentially could have done in this match. So, so yeah, yeah I, I thought it was really well put together. Do you know if it was directed by Darby Allen? Um, do you know? Sorry, if it was directed directed by Darby Allen. That doesn't surprise me actually. Um, that really doesn't surprise me. Um, his his social media work is um his work with Progress Wrestling. I'm wondering if he did if he did direct it. That's I don't know for sure, I, but it, it does look like he's been, he's got his hand all over it. But who knows if he directed yeah, it? Yeah, I, th I think I think it was clearly a heavy influence mm. in it, if nothing else. Um, I mean, he very much deserves he very much deserves to be able to run with that belt for a, for a quite a period of time. He's fully over um, where he deserves to be. Um, he, I mean, we've we've watched him. We've watched him now since 2018. I saw him live at Progress. Yeah, um, he did some amazing stuff um, at Progress Wrestling, um, some some incredible matches. Um, particularly, he was in Super Strong Style um, 16 in 2019. 
Yeah, you, yeah, saw, you, him, saw, him, you saw him. You saw him there. Well, well at, least at least the human, human um, version of you from the first and third, third timelines time saw him there, didn't they? <laughs> third timeline. Yes, that is the J. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if we've asked the second timeline one on the air, so I can't tell you if he saw it. He didn't see it. He's, he's, he's also frozen in time, so there's a lot of that going around. Um, oh, that would be an interesting way out. I imagine whoever writes the scripts hasn't thought of that, but oh well, too late now. Um, um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck <laughs> These robot episodes are great, I love them. Um. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's been incredible um, over that time. His coast-to-coast with the skateboard is a thing of fucking beauty. Um, I imagine that he's kind of let that go in AEW because they use a 19-foot ring. Um, in fact, no, they use a 20-foot ring, don't they, in AEW, whereas Progress always use the 19-footer and occasionally an 18-footer when they're in those arenas that couldn't support the 19-footer. So it makes it a bit harder to do. Um, all in all, I, I enjoyed this match. I thought it was the right place for Sting. I thought it was the right place for Darby Allen. Um, I thought Taz's commentary um, absolutely added to it. I think my only my only real thing I would say is that the commentary could have been Taz and Excalibur, and um, it would have been a nice time to. Whoa, what's going on? Go, go. Why is it? Why is it doing that? <laughs> yeah. When anybody yeah. sped from this ring to. Darby Allen, Brian Cage, Taz was just like, "What's going on?" Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was. I thought Taz was absolutely fantastic in that. He's, he's, um, I, I really enjoyed his commentary, um, and I'll, if I do see him again, um, I will com- I will compliment him on that. Um, I just wish I knew where the foot Taz was. I'm, I'm not, not going, going to play. play. I'm not going to play. Where the fuck is Taz Link? I'm afraid it, it's just not going to happen. Um, that has not been that has not been factored into this episode. Uh, well, where the fuck is Taz then? <laughs> Don't know. I mean, Don't know. I mean, Jay never knows anyway. So, what would he know now? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Robot Jay wouldn't know. Right. Right. Um, have you have you seen him in his, any of his dreams? Who Taz? Oh, or is he one of those people who don't sleep? sleep? I imagine he'd sleep like a horse, like just stood up and with his eyes open. On alert all the time. Got <laughs> yeah. to make sure yeah. so he can eat people's faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, finally, let's go Kenny Omega, John Moxley. Thoughts on that? Great match, bad ending. Yeah, if if we did a did an episode for a preview of this one, my thoughts. I was gonna say something really good, or really bad, and it was both. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, there was no reason for them to have the explosion at the end um, if they couldn't deliver on it. It's obvious that they thought they could deliver on it. Um, it was a shame. It was, but the match itself was. True to the style, really true to the style of uh, Bob by Deathmatch, with with them making it completely new again. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, there was obviously the, that's there what was obviously 
I mean, I we've mean, both seen, seen um, and you can see on Amazon um, Prime, actually, the um, barbed wire death matches featuring um, Mick Foley and Terry Funk. Um, both of those from Japan um, are available on Amazon Prime, and you can find them on there um, for free if you've got Amazon Prime subscription. And the one thing I will say is that the explosions were a lot tamer in this instance. But tamer? <laughs> Sparkle is in the corner and a bit of smoke on the floor with a sound. No, I'm, talking, I'm, talking I'm talking about the, the, the explosions during the match. Oh, right, yeah, no, they were good. <laughs> they were, they were, they were good, it. although the boards were clearly fireworks at the sides. Um, you know, there was, nothing going on with, there was nothing going on with the actual boards themselves. So I think that they could have just said it was a barbed wire death match and no explosions when they first built to it. And... If they'd have had exactly the same match, it wouldn't have been a problem. They could have just literally taken that final spot and replaced it with a board, um, with a, with like a with like a power bomb onto the boards, with Eddie Kingston jumping over the board to protect um, John Moxley. Yes, could have done that. Would have been that would have hurt. Would have got <laughs> that would have hurt a lot, but yeah. It would have hurt a lot, but nowhere near as much as the aftermath of that match hurt his prospects, because you are right, he does look like a bit of a cackhead. Can we say that, cackhead? Say what you want. Yeah. Cackhead. Yeah. I mean, the reason for it is because he blanks out. It's your dream space, I don't know. I don't know what words are banned here. There's nothing banned here. Okay. Hair. Oh, oh yeah. I've got yeah, some hair. Right. <laughs> I've just got some hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, nice, it's nice, by the way. You can't tell that it's. You can't tell that it's um. Not real. Not real. <laughs> Is it a bit fluffy? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, got, it's a got, got a bit of a. There's a bit of an Elton John thing going off on the stomach. Shave off again. Fair play. How do you think they recovered? How do you think they handled this? Terribly. Yeah. <laughs> Terribly. So it was great having John Moxley and Eddie Kingston in the skit, probably at Moxley's actual house, maybe, or maybe not, but it was rather pit fire, some whiskey on the go, yeah. having a chat it was a good, back and forth. Was a good, was a good skit there overall. Yeah. Um, it was probably the best they could have done with what happened. Um, my big concern is, is logically speaking, Eddie Kingston should have been aware that this explosion didn't happen. He should have stayed on top of him. But he was all like, oh, I blacked out. It reminded me of when I was in detention centre when I was younger. Blah, 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 blah. And I just blacked out. It was just like, yeah, it's realistic. Fine. Get it. It could happen in real life. Right. Mm. But that's not his character. His character has now been damaged by saying that. Yeah. Um, and this is the. I don't know. I, I think there were. Uh, what other things could he have said in order to maintain his character? I don't think there's any way he could have done this other than having the creative control to be able to change the storyline on the fly, and he clearly didn't have that. Um, and he, or whether whether that's a fiction or whether he felt he didn't have that, but he in fact did. 
but he should have been able to he should have he, that first referee who went out to tend to him should have said because if he couldn't have seen it if he couldn't have seen it get up look around look surprised that it didn't go off it didn't go off he should have been either made aware that it didn't go off and he had permission to go off script or alternatively he should have felt able to do that ultimately because it was his character that suffered because um, then he could have come in all pissed off when he was talking like he would have normally done mm-hmm. he just gone off on one yeah. but like he normally does I mean the rest is a brief yeah. hit and miss but his promos are always on point yeah um, I think it's it's a bit of a mixed bag it's AEW not managing their expectations of their audience and I think I think what you're going to what this is going to lead to is lessons learned but it's also going to lead to a safer booking strategy from AEW moving forward um, particularly for the next couple of pay-per-views I think I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing but I think the two places where they do need to pay that attention is how they introduce their stars um, and that's been a problem since the first day and how they um, how they pace their shows and how they script their finales and what they promise to deliver in their shows as a result. Um, those are the places where I think they, they have shown that they need to do some work. But still, it's not as bad as the dumpster fire that is WWE, right? <laughs> yeah. Still, the best thing on TV right now for WWE, talking smack. How are you feeling about Talking Smack? What's going on with What's going on with Talking Smack? Just, um, I mean, I'm aware that we spent a lot of time on a on um, a ten day old fucking pay per view at this stage, but we should probably get something. Mod- what, what What are your thoughts on the rest of the products while we're here? I'm just drinking that poor poor Heyman Kool Aid. That's all I'm doing. He's just, just gold. He's what? just gold in that program. I'm drinking the poor Heyman Kool Aid. Everyone likes a bit of Paul Heyman, Uh, You have always been a bit of a mark for Paul Heyman. Um, Robo J, the other Jays, all of the Jays, you know, they've all been a bit of a mark. Um, Probably a bit of a prick, but he's a mastermind. He is is an absolute mastermind. Um, I I felt that he's been a mastermind mastermind for at least least a day longer than you have, so... I mean... I'm in your dream. I control this. It's definitely me. Uh, well, whatever you, whatever you. Oh, I have no hands now. Okay, right, fine. Give me my hands back, and I'll say that you, you're always right. Right, you're always right. Thank you for giving me my hands back, son of a bitch. And now you've got no feet. Excellent. No, I'm now I'm sat on my backside. Well, well, bye, bye everybody. everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall we? Um, uh, shall we see? What's what's, what's the what's the theme? Do we need a theme? Do we need a theme? Robot theme. Robot theme. Robot theme. To, to see us out. I haven't got anything scripted, so if you're expecting like a bit of storyline coming up after this, you have to wait till like the next episode, listener, because like. Uh, this this, this, this has just been filler. Like, yeah. That's yeah. what, what robot episodes, episodes are, just for future yeah. reference. They're what, They're what happens when we script something and then, and then 
haven't, haven't quite got, got all our ducks in a row to actually continue with what we're planning to do. So we do a robot episode and then we, it buys us time. Um, because wrestling never stops. You never get a break. The peek behind the curtain. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Shout out to Robo Mitch. When did he become a robot? No, it's, 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 it's a robot duplicate of the original Mitch. He listens specifically to our shows. So this will be a second because one. Mitch is apparently a, um, a bit of a... Robo Mitch has been waiting a long time. <laughs> yeah, he really has. Like, 18 months for a robot episode. I mean... Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I, don't know. I, don't know. I enjoyed I being a robot, being a robot again. Not, not that I wasn't ever not a robot <laughs> or something. <laughs> God, that self awareness is really, really problematic, isn't it? A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like as a device, like I'm not quite sure where it's where it's going to go. You know? Maybe robots shouldn't be self aware, but everyone else should be. That that would have made more sense. I was. I think. I think the attempt was to kind of put the trope on its head, and that kind of worked initially. When like we're playing everything straight, but now it's like, yeah, we might have to do that. That's not a bad idea. That just look out for that story arc in season three, guys. That's gonna happen. Yeah, there you go. Jay, Jay's just sold season three for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's so your what's plan, plan now, Robo J? Robo J is gonna drink my oil. Carry on. Carry on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Carry, on Carry on solving, solving your. your um, do you, do you, is there something, is something that you needed to get from this exchange, or were you just like wanting to podcast? Well, you know, just haven't, haven't seen you for a while, mate. You know, just thought I'd pop into your head and make you pay fifty thousand and. Uh, Okay, oh, okay, cool. cool. Um, so you're, so you're not, not that interested in what's going on on Earth then? Because I'm just typing into the retardist now. It looks like um, looks like there's some crazy shit going on. There's some kind of like yeah, yeah. There's some kind of like time displacement thing happening. Can't really scan the planet, do anything like that. And what could that be? I don't know. Uh, maybe, 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 maybe if, if people were following the story, they they could listen next week or, or whenever we put out the next episode. Probably next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs> maybe Jay's dead. <laughs> but at the moment, robots. Bye. <laughs> uh, beep boop. Bibbidi flubbidi bob. <laughs>